0: Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Uh, My message today is entitled this, I just want to be happy. Listen, we're in a a series uh, talking about the elephant in the room and situations that go on in the world around us that aren't always talked about so much and And as I was thinking, I was thinking of a conversation I'd had, and not just one, a number of conversations I've had with young people over the last number of years, young people that simply made this statement, listen, in life, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And and listen, this sounds like a, a good sentiment in that, right? It sounds like a fair enough thing. I just want to get through life and I just want to be happy in life, I want to be Happy in my life. And, and it sounds like it's a fair enough statement to make. But listen, when we dig to the core of what this statement is, and we dig to the core of what this means in the spirit of the age and in the generation that we live in, we, we really miss the truth and the reality of what is there for us and in our lives. Because the challenge with happiness is happiness is fickle. Have you noti- noticed that? Happiness is a fickle thing. It's a thing that is there one day and it's gone the next. Sometimes it's understandable why it's gone. Sometimes we can can grasp it. Sometimes we just wake up and we're not happy. Now, I've been married for a number of years and I have a most incredible wife in the entire universe. But if I'm honest with you, The fickleness of marriage comes in the fact that she's married to me. And she has a husband. Can have an amen from every wife in the room? The fickleness to my happiness is the fact that I have to wake up next to that pain in the backside whom I love dearly but can steal my happiness real quick. I also have children who one day make me very happy and proud And the next day, make me want to strangle them. (laughs) Happiness is fickle. Because happiness is dictated by external circumstances. And so for the statement in these young people's lives is a statement that is unfortunately wrapped up in what goes on around them every single day. What they face, what they deal with, what's going on at school, what's going on at university, what's going on in my relationships, what's going on in my situation. And I just want to be happy is a statement that is always going to be a challenge because happiness is fickle. Listen, our our SWB conference, and Pastor Lydia started to talk about that, is about joy. And I want you to be really clear. There is a significant difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is wrapped up in the external circumstances and the things that we face every week, the, the things that we face every day, the things that we face hourly. The things that we face minutely. The things that, I don't know if that's a word, but I think I just created it. (laughs) Things that we face every single minute because one minute we're happy, the next minute we're not. One minute everything's going great, the next minute we get a phone call. One minute the situations are awesome, the next minute our kid walks into the room with a hideous bad attitude and our happiness goes out the window. But joy is different. Pastor Lydia already mentioned that. Joy isn't affected by the external. Joy is, in fact, an internal aspect of our life. And the Bible tells us it is a fruit of the Spirit of God that is at work in us. Yannick was speaking just before, and he made a great statement. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Listen, when the Spirit of God gets upon our lives, there is a fruit of joy that starts to spring up on the inside of us. The book of Galatians says this is a great fruit that is in our lives, and it's a fruit that goes beyond the external situations. Listen, I've been in some of the toughest moments of my life, yet there's been joy in my heart. I've been moments in my life where my kids weren't going the way that I wanted them to go, but there was joy in my heart. My finances were not the way that I wanted them to be, but there was joy in my heart. It's a fruit of the Spirit. That's why James, the painful, in James chapter 1, writes the most difficult Scripture for us to face when he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of all kinds come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for the Spirit of God to spring up inside of you. Listen, there's not often that we have great happiness when we're going through great trials. I understand that. I understand that sometimes joy sits on the inside of our lives and struggles to come out of our smiling faces because the situations can be overwhelming. I love the fact that the Bible was written 2,000 years ago, but it is relevant to the reality of my life and your life every single day. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, people that have gone through incredible challenges, incredible difficulties, and he says this, our hearts ache in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, but we always have joy. Does anyone feel like they, Paul wrote that for you in the last year, in the last couple of months, maybe in the last weeks for your life? He said, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, but yet we have everything. Listen, Paul understands something here. He understands that happiness is fickle. Because sometimes our hearts genuinely ache. And I I look across this room and I look at people that have understood an aching heart. You've understood in the loss of a loved one. You've understood it in the challenges of your finances. You've understood it in in warfare in your country prior to coming to this one. You've understood it in in the difficulties of dealing with children and grandchildren and family in our lives. Our hearts ache. Yet when we're encountering the Spirit of God on the inside, we have the fruit of joy. This is why this statement is so difficult when it says, I just want to be happy. Because that is so fickle compared to the reality of what God needs to do inside of us. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Murray, every time I read that scripture, it reminds me of the Solomon Islands. It reminds me of people that genuinely have nothing in comparison to what people have in Australia, yet the joy is there in such an inexplicable, way. It's such a powerful thing to encounter people. And listen, I know you may be sitting in this room and you've gone through a challenge of having nothing. And you know what it means when Paul's speaking about that joy that's on the inside of our life. That's why if young people said to me, I just want to have joy, my encouragement to them would be encounter the great and powerful living God that is outworked in our lives through Jesus Christ Because in that, we encounter His Spirit who brings the fruit of joy on the inside of us. But listen, herein lies the challenge. This is not the worldview in the world that we have today. The worldview isn't, I just want to find joy by encountering the Spirit inside of me. The worldview is this, I want to be happy. And we have Young people, and not just young people, we have more mature people running around the world today trying to make themselves happy. I just want to be happy. I deserve to be happy. We, we see famous people jumping on, on social media and just saying, I just want to be happy. And they feel like this is the world we live. And, and listen, you've got to be really clear. This is the spirit of the age. It's the spirit of the age that undergirds the culture that we live in today. It stirs in people's hearts and it stirs in people's life. This picture of the fact that I just want to be happy. The fickleness of that is difficult. Hence, the reason we have such high rates of brokenness in people's worlds. Suicide. Things that today are, are so heartbreaking. Because of the confusion... That comes from this belief system, a belief system that is twisted and is broken. But but listen, here's the amazing thing. It's not just the spirit of this age. If I'm to jump in a time machine and reverse 3,000 years, I'd sit beside a guy by the name of Solomon that made a similar statement in his world. He said, listen, I tried to make myself happy. If you've ever been in the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll understand that this isn't just new. 3,000 years ago, people were trying to get happy as well. Let's for a moment jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And and listen, I don't have the time today to read through this whole chapter. I, I implore you, when you get home today, bring your Bible out. Sit with your family. Read through this chapter together. I'm just gonna skip through it and jump through it in a little bit because I don't have time to go through the whole lot. But he starts in verse one and he says to, to himself, he said, I said to myself, come on, let us try pleasure. Listen, I'm not just talking about a guy that wrote this letter 15 minutes ago. I'm not talking about a guy that just yesterday said, let us try pleasure. I'm talking about 3,000 years ago, somebody saying the same statement that young people are saying right across the earth again here today. He says, let us try pleasure. Let us look for good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. I tell you what, I, I, I sit with young people asking this question, I just want to be happy. But they find a meaningless life. emptiness and a void in the reality of just trying to be happy. So I said laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought I decided to cheer myself with wine and while still seeking wisdom I clutched at foolishness. If you want a truth out of the Bible get your highlighter out and highlight that. I tried to remain wise but I was a fool because I was drunk. Listen, this isn't a guy sitting last night down in the city after he comes out of a nightclub trying to be smart in front of a woman, but he's a drunk flipping idiot. And saying, I tried to be wise and I acted like a fool. If that was you last night, listen, I'm glad you're in the house of God this morning. This is the place to be, I promise you. Because in this place is the truth. In this place is real life. He says, I tried to be wise. But I was a fool. I tried to be wise whilst I had a couple of beers and a couple of vodkas and a couple of wines, but I just spoke rubbish out of my mouth because I was a drunken fool. You know, I feel like I'm grateful that the Word of God's filled with truths for my life and the world today. Can I have an amen from somebody that knows what I'm talking about? I decided to cheer myself with wine. While still attempting to seek some wisdom, but I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness that most people find during this brief period in this world. You know what? I read that scripture every time it breaks my heart. That the only moment of happiness people could encounter is a moment of deceptive happiness. I read this great great quote and I've said it before, but let me say it again that alcohol is borrowing happiness from tomorrow, bringing it into my today and my tomorrow's way worse. He says this, the only happiness that some people will ever encounter is in a place of deception. My heart is broken right there. Listen, I feel like Solomon was sitting in my car this morning, driving through Anala with me. He'd come out of driving through the city Driving past the nightclubs, and he drove through Anala, and he made this statement the only happiness that some people will ever encounter is in deception, is in a lie of happiness that really is exposed in the reality that these things just bring a place of brokenness. Walk past Fortitude Valley, Wendy and I were, were at something recently, and we had to walk through Fortitude Valley, and both of us just, I, I walked through just going, Oh, it was Murray's birthday. That's where it was. Murray's, ber- Murray's birthday wasn't in Fortitude Valley. Let me just clarity. That was the only place I could get a park to get to his birthday. When you know, I both walked through and I just watched the brokenness and the deception and the loss and a fair bit of the stupidity, let me add. I did laugh at some fools. I did laugh at some people, a girl trying to sit on a seat and missing. I shouldn't have laughed. I felt naughty for laughing, but it deserved a laugh. it also deserves a tear. That the only happiness you can find is found in a loss and a void. Here King Solomon writes, I searched through these things to search out that place of pleasure and happiness, but all I could find was a brief happiness that was not even true. He goes on through verse four to six. He said, I bought houses. I bought property. I did up these places with beautiful gardens and water features And I made it look incredible, but it was empty. He goes into verse 7 and he says, I had lots of people working for me. I I had great possessions, but it was empty. Goes in verse 8. He said, I acquired gold. I acquired silver. I acquired riches. He said, listen, I had musicians that played all the greatest music, but it was empty. Verse 9. He said, I became great, more famous than everybody else. Everybody knew my name. People traveled to come and see me, but it was empty. Verse 10, he said, whatever I desired, I tried it. I did it all. Whatever I desired, I got for myself. Whatever my eyes saw and wanted, I got for myself. But verse 11, but as I looked at everything I had, worked so hard to accomplish, it was so meaningless And like chasing the wind, there was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Have you tried to grasp the wind recently? Slides through your fingers. It's gone. For a moment it's there and then it's gone. As we grasp it, it's gone from our fingers. And he says, all of these things in an attempt to find happiness and grasp happiness for my life, it slid through my fingers. Because there was nothing really worthwhile there. Why is this statement that I just want to be happy so difficult for a generation? Because the truth is, you don't find happiness in trying to find happiness. Grasping at the wind, the New King James says. Grasping at it. Grasping at it. And listen, grasping at it in a search for joy that only comes through Jesus Christ just recently watched the Jesus Revolution. And the moment in that movie when the pastor sits with this hippie that has been transformed by Christ, who sits there and says, we thought LSD was the answer for the world. He says, we thought drugs and our minds being, being twisted by drugs was the answer for the world. We tried everything and we did everyone, were his words. But in the end, We were just searching for God. That pastor was moved as his mind had to shift to the reality that a generation that was lost is found when Jesus Christ begins to move within a generation. And can I say the 1970s and 60s have gone by, but here today we have a generation just as lost just as need for a saviour, just as much uh, searching in their brokenness, in their despair, in their lies. It may be a different generation. It may look different in social media. It may look different in the media we have today. But they're searching and they need Jesus Christ. 3,000 years ago, they needed the answer that was found in God. They grasped at the wind. They tried and failed. He goes on and says... In verse 12 to 16, I tried the power of wisdom. But when I got to the end of it, I looked and realized that the wise and the fool both come to the same end to their life, and that is death. He said, I came to the realization, you can be smart, you could have studied, you could have spent decades in university. But on your deathbed, you die as the fool dies. He said, I went there now and I worked hard. I toiled and toiled and toiled and toiled. But I got to the end of it all and the rich and the poor die the same way. And the rich gives away his wealth to the following generation. And he gets to verse 26 and he says, God gives wisdom, knowledge and joy to those who please him. But... If a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes that wealth away and gives it to those who please Him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Listen, I encourage you. When you go home today, spend some time reading through this chapter, reading through the reality of what this guy is showing us for our lives. Because the utter truth is this. This guy understands the human experience. The human experience in the attempt to say, I want to just be happy, can search and look and search and look, and in amongst all of it, never finds happiness until they find joy that is found in Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis made this powerful, powerful statement. He said, We are half hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered. Us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer to have a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Listen, I read that quote and that statement, and I think of the western suburbs of Brisbane, of people that are happy to live in what they know, to live in messed up sexuality, to live in the brokenness of alcoholism and drug addiction, to live in a community that celebrates mess and celebrates brokenness and celebrates fear instead of stepping out. And like he says there, finding the holiday by the sea in the reality that Jesus Christ gives us hope and he gives us freedom and he gives us life. As Yannick spoke before, when he prophesied over our world, he prophesied there is freedom that is in Jesus Christ. There is freedom from the brokenness and the despair of the world today. Listen, I know some people stay in that because they know nothing else. They have seen nothing else. They've only encountered the brokenness of the culture that we live in today. But God's calling. Maybe they've only discovered poverty. Maybe they've only discovered fear. Maybe they're only know alcoholism. They've grown up with alcoholic parents. They've grown up in abuse. But God's calling for change in the reality that comes in the encounter with Jesus Christ. That shifts of heart, the heart. That shifts of life, the life. That shifts who we are. And shifts the community. It comes through Jesus. It comes through an encounter with Him. It comes through the power of Jesus Christ in our life. And that quote for me is so heartbreaking. But listen, it's so empowering in the reality that Jesus Christ comes no matter where you come from today. I want to tell you, He loves you. He's here for you. He's here to bring life to you. The Human experience outside of a living relationship with God can be so meaningless and so empty. The experience can be so tough. Jesus understood this. Jesus in chapter 6. Again, I don't have time to read through the whole chapter. It, it, please, this week, open Matthew chapter 6 and read through Jesus as he teaches. He starts and teaches on fasting. He begins to teach about money and wealth and understanding that in your life. He goes on and talks about worry and the reality that all of us, if we're, if we're caught in this, can be caught in the trap of worry. He goes on he says this, listen, uh, you worry about eating and what you're going to drink. You worry about what you're going to wear. He says everybody in the world is worrying about the same deal. Again, this is Solomon. This is what he said. People worried about what they're getting to themselves. But he saw that there's more. And he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Are added unto you, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Listen, there's many people have taught that if you just seek God, everything comes to you. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not just saying if you just seek Him, then you're going to get everything. Listen, getting everything is not your answer. Getting everything is, is the, the idea that the world thinks if I've got this, if I've got that. Understand getting everything slips through your fingers in the exact same way. But when you've got the kingdom of God, everything becomes a part of your life. Because in the kingdom of God, there's a transformation inside that changes the understanding of what we need outside. It's an inner work that comes through Jesus Christ. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Listen, here's one of the great challenges of the 21st century church. This cultural understanding of seeking happiness seeps into the church. And I think it seeps into the church like no time in the history of the world other than these last three years. When everything we understood about the kingdom of God and serving God was shifted in not even being able to walk out of our houses. And the fact we got comfortable sitting back and listening to church online and doing the things that that felt comfortable for us And now we own that comfortability. We own it in our service. We come back to the house of God and we see this right across the world. Now, people walk back into the house of God and their expectation is, if that worship's not good enough, I'm going somewhere else. If that preaching's not just for me today, I'm going to go and listen to something online. If it's not just what I want. Listen, Jesus never said, but get into the house of God and find what you want. He doesn't say that. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. But allow it. Realize this. You don't find happiness in trying to make me happy. You don't find life in trying to find life. You find it in finding Jesus and his kingdom comes alive in your life listen God's stirring in his church again to come back to the kingdom of God and kingdom understanding for all that we do Elizabeth Elliot said this the world looks for happiness through self assertion the Christian knows that joy is found in self abandonment if a man will let himself be lost for my sake Jesus says he will find his true self We have a generation looking for happiness, and it shifts now into our church community, looking just for happiness, and they find emptiness because they don't realize it's not about just finding happiness for myself. We walk into the house of God, and we find Jesus. His kingdom comes alive in us, and it shifts us. It shifts every aspect of our world. When I, listen, I grew up in the house of God and found emptiness, But when I found Jesus in my life and His kingdom came alive in me, I found purpose. I found life. Listen, and I had to work hard. I spent the last 25 years working, praying, standing, believing. And it's been difficult sometimes, but it shifted because the kingdom of God shifted my life. Listen, it shifted before I became a pastor. Because when I was still working in the marketplace, the kingdom of God was in me. I had to tell people about Jesus everywhere I went. I had to shine Jesus everywhere I went because it shifted everything about me. When the kingdom gets inside of us, it's not about God what you're getting to me today. It's God what you're doing in me and moving now through me into somebody else's life. It moves us into the the marketplace. Listen, if you're a housewife in the room and you've encountered Jesus and his kingdoms alive in you, he wants to make you the greatest housewife. You stand together and you raise godly children and you build a community in a powerful way by what you do working with your children. If you're here as a nurse, he wants to build in your life the kingdom of God. So you work, walk in your workplace. And you're carrying that spirit of God with you and everyone that you minister to because you're ministering to them. When you're helping them, when you're walking with them, everyone you minister to, there's something about that nurse right now. If you're a doctor, listen, if you're a businessman, you shifted something in your life and a businesswoman in this house. Kingdom understanding. If you're a carpenter, whatever you're doing, you're carrying the kingdom of God with you. He shifts your whole life shifts it into your workplace, shifts it into your places of influence. He shifts it into your environment because we seek first the kingdom of God. Listen, joy's found in that place. Listen, I worked as a roof tower and there wasn't a bunch of joy there. But when joy shifted inside of me and the kingdom of God come to that workplace, listen, it shifted and I found purpose in what was just purposeless hard work. Because there was purpose in that. Listen, God wants to bring us back as a church community into a place of purpose through the kingdom of God. And and what are our takeaways from this message today? Our takeaway is this. God, first and foremost, wants to show us a searching generation lost in their brokenness, lost in their despair. Again, we might walk through Fortitude Valley and giggle and laugh and have a cry. But that generation needs Christ so badly. Need hope. Need to find true joy. Need to find that Spirit of God that can shift something in people's hearts and in people's lives. Listen, our takeaways: we have a generation searching right now. You need to pray. You need to fast. We need to believe for this generation to come to Jesus Christ and take every opportunity we have to open our mouths and share Christ with people around us. Secondly, we need to understand That as a church, we can't get caught up in the spirit of this age. That wants to just let us be caught up with trying to make me happy. We've got to realize that we're just bringing ourselves to the kingdom of God and saying, God, stir in me. Stir in me again, your kingdom. Stir in me again, your kingdom. Listen, you may be sitting in this room and for years, you haven't used your gifts back in the house of God. Listen, I pray a message like this would stir you and say, listen, you got gifts and you got talents. Let God breathe on them. Let the Holy Spirit move in them. Let the Holy Spirit come alive in them. Maybe you're here and you got a musical talent. Maybe you can sing. Listen, you need to, at the end of this message, walk to, to Deb down here and say, Deb... I need to get serving again. I haven't served since COVID. I haven't served since the years before. I haven't served because I had kids and I was busy. And, but now my life shifted and I got time and space. I want to get involved again. Listen, maybe you can just walk into this house with a beautiful smiling face and shake a hand and meet someone on the door. You need to come and see John and say, John, I want to get involved in the host team again. I want to get involved in serving the kingdom of God again. I want to serve in the house again. Because the takeaway from this is, listen, the kingdom of God wants to come alive in us and it always moves us to move. It always stirs us again. It always takes us forward in our lives. It's the power of the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. That moves us into our community and our workspace and wherever we're at. That moves us to serve again to what God's called us to do. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. I I just want to be happy grasping. Seek first, find life and hope and truth and joy that is in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the truth of who you are. My God, the truth of Christ, Christ in our lives, Christ in who we are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the grace and the mercy that's Wrapped up in the beautiful power of the gospel that moves our lives and shifts our hearts and shifts us back into a place of the reality that's found in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. My well, head's about, eyes are closed here this morning. Listen, if you're in this room, maybe you've just been going through life, maybe you're trying to be happy, maybe there's not so much mess, but you're just empty miss the reality that that relationship with Jesus Christ is what you need I'm here this morning to remind you that Jesus wants to meet with you he loves you he wants to meet with you he wants to engage with you in your life and your world today no matter the mess you brought into this room no matter what's happened in your past Jesus wants to meet with you today well heads are bowed and eyes are closed right across this room if you're here and you say pastor Tim I want to meet with Christ i, I, I. I wanna have a relationship with him again. I wanna come back into a relationship with Jesus. Try to be happy, I've tried to get through life, but I just need Jesus. I'd love you just to give me a wave this morning and say, can you pray for me, Pastor Tim? I wanna pray for you right in your seat. Don't embarrass you, but I wanna tell you today, Jesus wants to meet with you here now in this room. We wanna pray with you quickly, just give me a wave. Yeah, Pastor Tim, I'm like that. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Quickly today, awesome down the front. Who else this morning? says, yeah, Pastor Tim, pray for me today. Maybe you've been in church a long time like me. Awesome up the back. Maybe you've been in church like I was a long time, long time in my life. And you know that today's your moment. I need to come back and come into a relationship with Christ. Quickly, quickly. Before we pray for these two, anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, mate. That's great. Great decision. My God, I thank you right now for those three. Jesus opening their hearts again to You. My God, in in the difficulty of that, in, in, in what maybe would seem hard, I pray the beautiful grace of Jesus would today touch those hearts in such a profound way. My Jesus, Your grace would come. Your love would wash over those hearts and wash over those lives. My God, as yesterday gets left behind by the beautiful picture of the grace that's in Christ, my God, I pray you come with fresh hope, I pray you come with fresh life. I pray you come by your Holy Spirit. I pray you come again today. Jesus to touch those hearts right now here in this room, where there's been a search that those people find you in such a profound way this morning, to shift their hearts, shift their lives, shift their minds. Pray in Jesus' name. amen let's give these people those people a great big hand this man. Wonderful to see you. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.